Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. This Christianity thing is a real rags-to-riches story with a riches-to-rags twist. It's a riches-to-rags story like Cinderella going from ashes to ball gowns, from servant to princess. It's like David going from shepherd to king, like Gideon transformed from coward to warrior, like Annie the orphan becoming Annie Warbucks, like Luke discovering the heritage of the force, or Rapunzel finding out she's the lost princess. There is something that happens with us, in us, for us, when we start this, this, this life, abundant life that God has given us. See, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The true light that gives life to everyone came into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize Him yet. Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that is the rags to riches story. Those of us who are outcast are invited in. Those who are enemies are made families. Those who are orphans are made sons. Those who had nothing are made heirs. Heirs with Christ, co-heirs with the Savior. It is the real rags to riches story that all starts with the riches to rags twist. When God himself came down to us, when God took on flesh and dwelt with us, all hail the incarnate deity, the deity in form as us. And so we stand here at Christmas time and worship God because the king took on flesh and became lowly so that we who are broken could become holy, so that we who were alone could be wholly known, known by God and so that we could know him. So come to him, all who are broken, come to him, all who are lost, come to him, all who are alone, who are worried, who are orphans, come to him and hear him whisper to you a new name. Hear him invite you into his family. Hear God himself say to you, you are my child. Tell the world. Good evening, everyone. Let's all stand together as we worship.
me breath so I could praise your great and matchless name all my days, all my days. So let my whole life be a blazing offering, a life that shouts and sings the greatness of our King. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. Take my life, take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. Take my life, let it be yours. Take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. Take my life and let it be yours. We sing glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Lord, we pray as we worship tonight that you would be glorified in us, that we know that we don't sing songs that just go off into the air, but we recognize your presence, that you're here with us, that as you once came as a child, you now promise to be here and to be dwelling with us and in us. And so, Lord, as we sing to you, I know sometimes the songs we sing are aspirational. We, there are those of us here who feel it in our hearts and that we know it in our bones that these things are to be true. And then there are some of us struggling. And so I pray for, for everyone in the in-between, that for those who need these songs to be songs of prayers, to say, I want to feel these things. I want to know these things to be true. For those of us who are proclaiming the truth at the bottom of our soul, they're saying, yes, Lord, this is what's true. We glorify you. We love you. We praise you. We give you honor. We give you glory. So, Lord, all are welcome. We say thank you for meeting us here in this space. In the name of Jesus. might be a new one to some of you. And as the light comes down, it'll get a little easier to read these screens. And I search the world But it couldn't fail me And man's empty praise Treasures that fade are never enough. And you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing, nothing is better. 
I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who cares. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. You turn morning into turn morning to dancing you give beauty for ashes you turn shame into glory you're the only one who cares you turn graves into gardens you turn bones into armies you turn seas into highways, you're the only one who can, you're the only one who can, you're the only one who can, oh there's nothing better than you, oh there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing nothing is better than you oh there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing nothing is better than you
thinking when you just saw a guitar you're like oh it's gonna not be so full sounding yeah we were wrong I won't lie I saw him show up with just the electric guitar I was like okay all right how's this gonna go um thank you for being patient with the lighting situation we prayed that the Lord would somehow make it darker clouds did come in we probably should have asked for a little bit more um so I'm just gonna make this message very long so then when we get to the responsive reading, you can totally read. So this is going to take a long time. Let me pray that uh, you hear what the Lord would want us to hear tonight. Father God, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be together. Uh, these are crazy times, but our trust is in you. And we want to celebrate what you have done and not let anything get in the way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So a couple years ago, my oldest son knew exactly what he wanted for Christmas. It was kind of a weird, this is what he wanted. Like his number one gift was to one of those uh, genetic ancestry things where they just say, you know, where you came from, relatives, which made me a little concerned. We did the 23andMe, and that's what he wanted. And I was like, why are you so into this? Like, are you worried that we're not really your parents? And you're like from, and he goes, I don't know. I just want to know. I just want to know. So when I got it for him, I said, well, I kind of want to know too. So I got another one for me. And the way it works is they give it to you. Do a little, you drop your spit into this little container. You send it out and they bring it back to you. And they use your DNA and they give you all of these things about you through your genetics. And so, for example, I did, Here's a few things I found out about myself that I didn't know was genetically oriented. Um, back hair is extremely unlikely for me. That was a bonus. Um, I cannot stand cilantro, and it said you have a high probability of not liking the the not liking cilantro. Um, I had been hoping for it. It's never happened, but. This made it official. There will be no cleft chin. Um, muscle composition said I'm common in elite power athletes. Pfft, that was already a known. Um, 
if people are eating, um, I'm probably going to have a really difficult time with it because I'll hate chewing sounds. So I'm just blaming that on my genetics. Um, I'm likely to wake up around 734. If I have asparagus and go to the bathroom, I'm likely to smell that. You didn't know that was genetic, did you? Yeah, so if you can, that's genetic. Um, and it said, and I had no idea this was a possibility, it's unlikely that I'll have a fear of public speaking. Well, that worked out. It also said that I'm 21% Scandinavian, which made sense because uh, I went to Sweden one time, and I remember looking around going, everybody looks like me. I was like 22 at the time. It, people were coming up asking me for directions. I'm like, this is my home. Well, it says it's my home. And a cool thing that I found out that I didn't know about, which was really cool, is that I'm 25% Jewish. Didn't know. My grandma does, well, she did. She passed away. She did all those family trees. And if she had these kind of resources, game over. Um, but it also gave you some stuff about your health. said that uh, um, there's three variants that can give you an indication if you're going to have prostate cancer. I don't have those, which is nice. But I do have an increased risk with celiac. But one of the cool things about this is you just want to know who you're related to. So if anyone's taken it, they pop up and you get to see their names. But it also told me people that I'm related to, like forefathers. So Alexander Hamilton, he's a relative. <laughs> so I will be talking to Manuel soon to get my free tickets to the show. Um, on the women's side, because that was on the men's side for me, on the women's side, we come from Vikings, which I'm sure was also obvious. Um, but the thing about these tests that, the reason I bring it up tonight is because I know that in just about all of us, we have that hunger to know, where did I come from? Like, who are my people? Because if I know who my people are, who my past people are, that'll give me an indication of who I am or where I'm going or who I could be. But this is what I want you to hear tonight, because I believe that on Christmas morning, which was actually really early in the morning, when our Savior was born unto us, who we really are came about. We were set free to become who God wanted us to be. You are not your genetic makeup. It's cool to have all the little facts to see that, but that does not define who we are. That is not our identity. So all of this pageantry at Christmas, um, all of the, the hoopla, it's there because for generations people said, this is what has happened to us. And so we want to celebrate that a Savior was born to us. So my hope is that when you leave tonight, from the music to the message to the responsive reading to all of this, that you have a clear perspective of what's happened. When we recognize him, something powerful happens to us. Our present, our past, and our future is transformed. And we, we, what is revealed is who we really are. Not what 23andMe says or who your parents say you are, who you think you are, who you really are is revealed. So, what I want to do is, is show you what one of Jesus' friends, one of his disciples, uh, one of his apostles said about Jesus and about what happens to us in this. Um, 
It was after Jesus had lived, died, and rose again. And this John said this. So if you could put this up. It's John 9. Uh, John chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And this is what John said. He said, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. So this is leading us into what I want you to hear tonight. But if I just say what I want to tell you without you knowing what John said happened before, you'll miss out on it. It says that the light came into the world, but people didn't recognize it. Even though everything came into being through Jesus, when he came, the people didn't recognize it. They didn't recognize where they came from. And then John goes on to say this. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural ascent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So for those that receive him, those who recognize him, we are given the right, the ability, the status to become children of God. So I'll start with talking about recognizing. It, I've had this question asked to me, some of you have it asked, or maybe you're asking, you want to ask this question to someone. How do you know? Like, how do you know that Jesus is the Son of God? Like, this is not a time where I'm really having my faith overflowing. Maybe you've never had faith, or maybe you've walked away from it, and you want to ask that question, how do I know? Like, so some people didn't recognize him. Right now, I'm having a hard time recognizing him. Or maybe this is a time where this is the closest you've ever been to the Lord, and you recognize who he is. But there was, a, it was something someone else said, a guy named Donald Miller, and I, it stuck in my head for years now. And he said this is how he answered the question, and for me, it resonated. I was like, yeah, that's it. Someone put to words what I have experienced and what I continue to experience even when I get lost. And so what he said was, he said, there are things that you choose to believe, and then there are beliefs that choose you. Did you hear that? He said, there are things that you choose to believe, and then there are beliefs that choose you. And then he goes on to talk about penguins. Yeah, I knew I, I was waiting for a river as soon as I said penguins to turn around and go, what? Are you talking about penguins? Every kid just popped up. When he started talking about it, I was like, where is he going with this? Where are you going, Donnie? Where are you going with this analogy of how do we know that we know. And he said that the penguins, they, they, they travel in these huge packs, like 500 penguins. So if you've ever seen Surf's Up, it's like those penguins, right? The ones that try to go find the ice. And so they go in these huge packs and they head north until they hit ice. And then when they hit ice, you've seen on National Geographic or whatever, all these penguins start coming up and they just start sliding on their belly, right? And they just keep going for a while. And you're like, that looks really cool. Well, they do that. And then eventually they stop and the mama penguin she just stands there and it's like this far and just boop she just drops an egg 
And moms, you're going to be very jealous here. Then she tells to the male, her partner, come on over. He comes and sits on it and she takes off. And so she goes out and then she goes hunting because she's got to fill up because she's got to feed this baby penguin once it's hatched. And so in the middle of the tundra, freezing snow, the male penguin is sitting there on this egg for one month. Doesn't move, just sits there. (laughs) Braving the cold, whatever, to keep this egg warm so that it will hatch. And here's the crazy thing. This is the part that I can really resonate with. The moms have like this internal radar. They know not only where to come back to, but at what time. So the penguins, the female penguins, they go out and they come back and they always, they always arrive within a day of when the baby penguin is hatched. It's like this internal radar that says, this is where I need to be. This, and so in, for me, I feel like there's an internal radar that drew me to Christ to begin with. My family wasn't following him, my friends weren't, but there was this internal radar and it drew me to him. And I I can't explain it, but I know. I remember one specific time I had gone away. I've told some of you about this before. I went away for a retreat for 21 days to just be alone with the Lord. And I remember I was just praying and sitting. It's not as boring as you would think. Like, I know some of you are like, oh, that sounds horrible. It's, it was a gift. And so I was able to go away, and I was struggling with where I came from and who I was. And I'm like, Lord. And then I was, I was feeling poor about myself, and I wasn't feeling successful enough, or who am I? And then I remember specifically hearing the Lord's voice. And it wasn't condescending. It wasn't corrective it was just a question god gives us questions to get us back on track and the question was is being my child enough and all of the all of that just washed away because there's nothing there's nothing more valuable than to know that you are a child of god what else could you want what gift is greater than that that when when I heard that and when I'm reminded of that and when my internal radar brings me back to him, I'm fearless because I'm a child of God. I don't have to worry about money or my grain hair or my hair falling out or where my kids are going or all of that stuff seems to wash away in comparison to the fact that I'm a child of God. And the thing is, even when I feel like, oh, how could I be a child of God? I don't even look like him. Look what it says here. It says that we, not that we would be a child of God, but become a child of God. It's a process. It's a process of transformation. It's a a process of us being moved to being created in his image. And so the first step is to recognize him and it's, It's something that God puts in us. You can't just force yourself. You just turn to him and go, God, I want to want you. Lord, I want you to put in me the desire to pursue you. I want to be with you. And even when it seems hopeless, and even when you walk away, that radar is going to be in there drawing you back home because that's where we belong, next to him. And the cool thing about what the Lord does 
is that as we become children of God, then our status changes, our identity changes, and our future, our heritage, our legacy that we search in other things, like our family tree, that washes away because we have a heritage and a future legacy in him. That's who we are. We become children of God because he's given us that gift. And the cool thing is, is that he continues to like lay out that beacon. He continues to call us home. Like the prodigal son that went out and just, he's like, oh, I can never come home. I can never come home. And yet the father is there waiting. Going, come home. I'm waiting for you. I will be here. And I'm not only going to be here, but I'm going to call you home. Listen. He continues to whisper. He continues to scream. He continues to speak forgiveness. And his arms are open. So when we come home, he runs to us. And we can fall into his arms. And sometimes it'll be crying, but we can fall into his arms and say, Abba or Daddy, because that's who he is and that's who you are. I believe each of you, this may be a, a huge step, but I'm so confident of this, that each of you has that internal radar that wants to bring you to him. This internal radar that says, well, it says what a guy named Eugene Peterson said, is he tried to translate this verse in a different way. He said this, he said, but whoever did want him who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said he made to be their true selves, their child of God selves. These are the God begotten, not the blood begotten, not the flesh begotten, not the sex begotten. He causes us to be children of God. You're grafted in, you're adopted and big things are given to us and big things are expected of us. But we don't have to try to force it out of ourselves. We just have to rest in him because we're created in his image and it will come out of us. All we've got to do is seize it. So we're going to do something. Now that I turn around, I can see that the lighting's better. I want to encourage you to stand up with me. And we're going to do what we call a responsive reading. So wherever it's bold and green, that's you. Now, when I, uh, back when I was in high school and I went to um, my friend's church, when they did it, it was like so rhythmic that I felt like a robot. This is not very rhythmic. Maybe it's just a response because I wanted to not fall into that rhythm. But I don't want you to just get caught up in, oh, is this my part? Is that his part? Like, I want you to hear what it is because this is a prayer. This is a prayer for us. So um, I will do the white part and you will do the green and Ryan will help you out a little bit with the green. So this is our prayer. We stand here at Christmas time because the king took on flesh and became lowly so that we who are broken could become lowly become holy 
go to the next slide. <laughs> so that we who are alone, known by God so that we could know him, so that we who believe children of God. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of God. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ. Putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal promise. I am the beginning of what he is destined to complete. So come to him, all who are broken. Come to him, all who are lost. Come to him, all who are alone who are worried, who are orphans, come to him and hear him whisper to you a new name. Hear him invite you into his family. Hear God himself say to you, you are my child. I am a child of God. So go and tell the world. Please stay standing.
split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowning perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. You split the sea. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. I am a child. I am a child of God. Say it again. I am a child. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child. Your son, 
wanted to sing this last one as a response of the continued promises that God is giving to us. It's the promise of His Son and in coming in the Incarnation and being Jesus and all of the Incarnation story that we've been reading throughout this whole Advent season. And yet the promises continue. And so all those promises He gave to Mary, I think it was 11 promises as the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, I'm promising you this, that you're going to have a child. He will be Prince of Peace. He'll be called Emmanuel. He'll be from the line of David. It goes on and on and on. Elizabeth will bear a child. She gets all these promises. Mary erupts in song immediately. And Mary sings in her, her Magnificat, as it's called. And then the promises just continue over and over and over and over and over. And it's like the angel of the Lord comes now, and I think if he was here and present with us, he would be saying, I have good news, and I have the promises of God, and that what I say will come to pass. In our lives, what he has started, he will complete in you and in me and in this church and in us. And so I want us to simply say yes, yes and amen to those promises of God. Let's do that. Your promises are 
Thank you for your presence. Thank you for coming. Thank you for calling our names. Give us ears to see and eye, ears to hear and eyes to see what you're doing. Father, as we go from here, may we have the joy that was set within Mary to be proclaimed that there is good news. And may we proclaim that good news. Preach it to ourselves first and then to others. But I pray, Father, that we would be able to preach that to ourselves. There's good news, that you are good news. Thank you. We love you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
Amen. That's tough act to follow. Uh, you can be seated for just a minute. I just wanted everyone to be comfortable. My name is Kim, if we haven't met. Um, and I have the privilege of closing our service tonight. And I've written a prayer or a benediction um, to pray over each of you. And I just wanted to share that um, something kind of strange about having people RSVP and then putting your names all on a spreadsheet. And like originally when we're like, oh, we need people to RSVP, it just felt so cold or exclusive and um these last couple weeks I can just tell you what a blessing it's been to see your names pop up and I've been thinking of each of you and um you've just truly inspired this prayer that I wrote so I just wanted you guys to know that and I know some people um aren't able to be here in person and those empty spots didn't go unnoticed. So here's my prayer for you tonight. To all who believe, may our freedom come in the right now and the in this moment of life. Bring us hope in the unseen that we may concede our longings to your heavenly throne. Fill us with the joy of our inheritance as children of God, for you so gave your only son. Wash over us and speak truth in us. May we open our minds and our hearts to your redoing. Let us yield our ideas and surrender our knowings in a blinding obedience to that love which falls beyond the veil of our own humanity. Bring peace that transcends circumstance and melts away the residue of our fears and our anxieties. Calm our souls and stir the hollow places of our disbelief. Lord, be our beacon in the darkness, that we may extend our whole selves in offering to one another and to you. Hold us and heal us. These things I pray in ever-consuming awe. Yes, and amen.